Hey, what's up? It's Brad from The Heckler, back with another wellness check. This one is with a very good friend of mine. She's been a friend for more than a decade now. She, up until this year, had been on 11 straight Heckler Spring training trips. People who meet her within, I say, 15 minutes, maybe even less, usually fall in love with her. She says there are some people who don't like her. I'd be shocked. Um, I've never met anybody who doesn't like her. Uh, her name is Lorianne. Um, she, to know her really is to love her. She's a wonderful person and a great personality. Uh, she grew up in the north side, northwest side of Chicago. And um, 15 years ago, before I even met her, moved to Los Angeles, where she lives with her boyfriend, who we talk about a few times throughout. Um, and uh, Lorianne is... Uh, overall, it's funny. She's a positive person, but she described herself at one point as being angry all the time. I think she said most of the time, she said. Um, she's turning 40 in three weeks. So we talked about that and how the coronavirus is uh, screwing up those plans and how she feels about that. Um, she's been, quote unquote, fun employed since last year so she sort of has been training for the coronavirus and for a quarantine so she's well equipped for that um we uh we 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 talk about a lot of really good stuff she's a like i said a very positive person um i'm very lucky to have her as a dear friend and um she promised that she'll be back at spring training next year and we of course talked about what she would sacrifice for the quarantine to end like I've been asking all the guests. So, without further ado, I give you Lorianne, or as she calls herself at one point, Lori Animal. So, uh, another day in quarantine. I don't even know what day this is. I guess I, my wife and I sort of unofficially started our quarantine on, it would have been like March 12th-ish. So, we're... Uh, What's this? Oh man, we're we're like pushing three weeks of quarantine. Uh, when so so my guest anyway. Before I go on, my guest is Lorianne Oldbrush, who uh, is I don't know the best way to describe you other than uh, a magical Lorianne. personality. Yeah, yeah, you're just Lorianne. Uh, you're a magical personality and a wonderful friend. And uh, you've gone on a spring training trip. What what was last year, year 11? Last year was year 11, yes. Yeah. And you weren't able to make it this year, but you uh, you were sorely missed. And uh, I always enjoy our conversation in good times and bad. So I wanted to reach out to you because I know you and your boyfriend, also named Brad, are taking the quarantine very seriously, living in Los Angeles. So I wanted to share with our audience Lorianne's perspective on things. Uh, Hello. How, hi. How are you, Lorianne? I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm. You know, it's weird. The country's on lockdown. Right. You know? uh, and and I've been to your place numerous times. You and Brad live in a one bedroom 
apartment. Uh, a one-bedroom, 585 square feet. But it's yeah. a lovely, lovely little place in Los Angeles in Mid-City, which is yeah. kind of near the Tar Pit, if anybody knows uh, and, Los uh, Angeles. The Miracle Mile, too, right? The Miracle Mile, yeah. That's up on Wilshire, and then we're a little, we're a little, uh, little south of Miracle Mile now. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's where you're used to live, right. So, uh, but you guys are, are well, the one thing I'm hearing now as, as, we're, as this quarantine is going on from a lot of my friends is that either, either truthfully or in jest, uh, that their partners are sort of getting on their nerves. Uh, luckily, Sarah and I uh, have a, a house with two levels, so we don't see each other that much, uh, which is great for our marriage. Um, you, you and Brad, everybody's, everybody's getting along okay and everything? Yeah, Brad and I, we're always happier when we're together. So, so when we're, you know, we're always just hanging out together, even if we're both reading or looking at our phones, you know, we don't really spend a lot of time in the other room, you know? Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. Um, and we, we've, we've kind of been on this quarantine, on kind of a quarantine trajectory in so much that I left my job last year. Right. And I didn't get another job after that. So Brad right. and I have been doing this since March of 2019. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, and, very and different. Brad, yeah. yeah, and Brad is... And Brad's uh, an actor, so Brad is home all the time, unless he's going on auditions or if he's working on a show or doing any shooting. You know, he's at home. And uh-huh. so, yeah, he's, we spend a lot of time together. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad to hear that, that uh, you guys enjoy being together to this, this point, and that's amazing. Um, I also think one of the things that uh, helps make that a little bit easier, and it's the same with me and Sarah, is that we don't have kids. Because all my friends with kids are, like, going batshit crazy right now, and I think everyone is having a much stronger appreciation for like, for good teachers, right? So the fact that we don't have kids, um, you know, I think that removes a huge level of, of stress for us. But you guys in particular, I, I, I commend you. So... Um, <laughs> I mean, it's nice not to, but. Yeah. So um, my, my hope for in, in recording this conversation with you is that um, people who haven't met you can get a glimpse into your personality because people who have met you, even for like 15 minutes, uh, you know, are by and large like falling in love with you. Um, well, I that's know. true, but also I'm, I must also <laughs> say that when when people hate me, oh, they really hate me. <laughs> hey, when was so, the last time? When was the last time, particularly in like a social setting, that anybody didn't love you? It happens time to time. I, yeah, I would like say you back, know back like growing up, growing up in Edison Park, when uh, you know you have the. Uh, all the all the, the scraps that you told me about, and all the uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I I can't imagine. No, I mean, no, not not 
you know, I'm just saying, don't tell me too much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so those are, you know, largely in, like, pleasant, fun, social settings. How are you finding yourself able to maintain a positive attitude uh, with everything that's going on around us right now? Well, are you able to? I mean, you sound like you mostly I, are. No, I'm angry most of the time. Okay. Not okay. most of the time, but I, but I really, I, you know, because I've not, because I've had this last year off, um, I really needed to focus on like getting my head right because I had been at one job for like 11 and a half years. And by the time I left, just everything seemed so muddled and crazy. And I really wanted to take like stock in my life and what was going on. I was turning 40, you know. Right. And so I really have been putting in a lot of work to figure out like, okay, if I'm angry right now, how do I deal with that? If I'm scared right now, how do I deal with that? If I'm happy, how do I deal with that? So, you know, I mean, I can't say that everything is dandy because it's also not, and I don't want to pretend like everything's okay. You know, I'd like to, you know, it's a national emergency. Right. And I think sometimes that gets a little lost in it. At least for me, I think some. I think that's why I get so angry. Is that sometimes I feel like the social media aspect of it really turns into more of like, you know, again, this is a. I understand that we all need joy and community and togetherness, but that's what gets me all angry. But then I also spend a lot of time really happy really grateful right. to be in America while this is going on, really grateful to be in California while this is going on, grateful that, you know, the people of Chicago are doing well. Right. All things considered, they are. I mean, I, yeah. don't know how things have, I don't know how things have been in Chicago, but I'm sure you've seen, you know, like all the people who went out in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day the weekend before St. Patrick's Day, and then that caused that caused uh, the local government to close down bars and restaurants. And then we had a nice, we had good weather, I guess it was last week, and then everyone just exploded and was hanging out. And then I get it, people were cooped up, but then you know, people were on the lakefront path, and they were on the, the 606, and they were, you know, so then they had to shut all that stuff down. So, uh, I, but yeah, I'm, people are doing, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but no one's gone through this before. You know, right. no one no one knows how to act during a pandemic. So right. if there's, you know, it's on the leaders, people who we elected, to help let the people of their jurisdictions know what's going on. And I think, you know, again, I'm I'm really focused focused on Los Angeles and California and Chicago, you know, and I look to those leaders and I I feel better. Right. That's fair. So, I think uh, I feel like most yeah I feel like most people in Chicago I, I I have not looked at stuff that closely in L.A. but I know most people in Chicago it seems like are fairly confident in the job that is being done so far by Lightfoot and Pritzker. So you know yeah we'll we'll see and you know again no again like this this is crazy this is crazy you know. 
Yeah. So it, it's, everything's going to feel crazy. Everything's going to feel wrong. Things that are right are going to feel wrong. You know, you don't want to spend time railing on people, doing things you don't agree with, because that that feel that feels like why continue to just pile on something. But on the other hand, you're like, right. you want to speak truth to power. You know, it's it's everything all wrapped up in one. It feels like the economic crash in 9-11 and the Me Too movement. You know, it's just like, it feels like all of it, just all of the, like, feelings and Would you call it a perfect storm? I would call it a perfect storm, yeah. Yeah. Um, it really is. So, uh, why don't we why don't we just get into our our friendship origin story real quick? Um, oh, awesome! Because I think it's I think it's a unique one. Uh, we first met. So, what year would that have been? Two thousand. I think it was two thousand. No, eight. eight. Yeah, I that think sounds it was right. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah, you were you were uh, you were at spring training with a friend. Why don't you tell us from your vantage point? Well, I had uh, one of my friends worked for the Cubs, and she and I would G chat all day long. And she was in Chicago, and I was in Los Angeles. And she was talking about spring training. I had never been, and so we decided to meet there and just go to all the games. And right. I so she flew out there. And then I drove out there from Los Angeles. Now, I remember vividly that I was at a Laker game the night before, and I had gotten quite soft at the Laker game because when I used to go to Laker games, it was I, I would go and sit in this box uh, for this big fancy law firm in downtown L.A., and it was like right at midcourt, and I had never been to an NBA game before I went uh-huh. to a Laker game, so that was really like my first, you know, and I love NBA was basketball. This, and I, was that your first Laker game? It was my first. I can't remember if it was my first Laker game or not. Okay. But I started that job, like, I started in, like, early fall, like, late summer, early fall 2007. And then I went to spring training in, like, February 2008. So it could have been the first game, maybe the second, you know. Okay. That seems a little yeah. crazy, maybe, that I went to two Laker games in that amount of time, but also real estate development, so. Right. You know. So you so you were, you were drunk at the Laker game. I was drunk and... at the Laker game. I totally had planned on packing. After the Laker game, and I went back to my house, and I totally passed out. And then I woke up the next morning, and I was already late, so I just packed everything in a laundry basket, and I (laughs) got in the trunk, and I drove from Los Angeles to Mesa, Arizona that morning. And I got there, and then I think I met you like that first game. Yeah, probably. Yeah. so and we just hung out all weekend. Yeah, yeah, we became fast friends, um, and then you you went and you you proceeded to rattle off a total of eleven straight spring training trips. I did go um, for eleven years in a row. It was awesome. It was a good seen, stretch. Yeah, yeah, you've seen the evolution. You were there for when it was just me driving people around 
like pitch people around in a in a panel van. Uh, yeah. So now where we have quite a few people at the party, and I'm not driving anything. Uh, no, you used to have the little grills, like you would get yeah. from, like the Walmart, like the little grills, and like that's what you would grill everything on all day. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty stupid. Uh, it was fun, you know, <laughs> but it was stupid. Um, and then you couldn't make it this year, but you did FaceTime with us, which was uh, greatly appreciated. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, I, I was, you haven't met him yet, but I've become over the last couple of years really good friends with Joe, who uh, runs Obvious Shirts, you know, those like slogan-based T-shirts that you see Cubs fans wearing everywhere. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have he was one. actually on the trip. Oh, nice. Uh, from spring training last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, him. So he wasn't at the trip last year, but he came this year with his girlfriend. And then, so I did one of these podcasts with him, and he said, this was like 10 days ago, which seems like two months ago. But he said that, you know, the one thing that he's learned is how much stuff we all take for granted, you know? So I'm not taking for granted that, who knows, like, maybe maybe we won't even have a spring training trip next year because maybe, you know, who knows, if when things will be, quote, unquote, back to normal, right? But if we do, what's it, what's it going to take to get you back there? Oh, I'm 100. I'm back. I'm okay. back. <laughs> okay. So Yeah. No, I just uh, needed a year off, you know? I mean, I'm back. I can't wait to make it. I can't wait to see how long of a streak I can keep going. Right. You know? But I just need, okay. you know, I should have taken, I should have taken last year off. Really? So you're, this you're, year, you're, an, you're an epic performer last year. I'm always an epic performer. <laughs> I know, I know. But like, why would you have taken off last year? Oh, because last year, I mean, I flew, I left my job on the day that I flew to Arizona. Okay. So it was such a whirlwind of like craziness. Yeah, yeah. You didn't get any. That, you, you didn't. You, you decompressed from leaving your job at Mesa, in Mesa, which is probably not the best place to do it. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe it would have. Maybe if I would have not gone, it would have been worse. So one never knows. You know, I'm not mad. Right. Right. I went, but part of me is just like, <laughs> why did I do this to myself? Right. Next it probably well, got me out of the office, though. Yeah. So I was well, like, I got to go. I'm out. <laughs> we missed you. We missed you immensely uh, last year, or this year, I guess, which feels like a year ago, last month. Um, so why don't we talk real quick? Let, let's, let's, let's establish your credentials. We haven't really done that yet as, as a Cubs fan and why, you, why the spring training trip appeals to you. Um, I, I mentioned it, but you you grew up in Chicago on the north side, and you were you were in Chicago for quite a while. Um, yes, yes, I grew up in Edison Park up on the northwest side, and I lived yep. in Chicago until I was 25, and I will be 40 in three weeks. Wow! And I'm assuming now all your 40 your uh, your 40th birthday plans are up in the air, huh? Yes, there will be no 40th birthday party for the Lori animal, but that's okay because we'll have a we'll have a belated one. Exactly, it'll be a belated party. It'll be a fun party, and the best thing I can do, you know, I mean, everyone staying home and doing nothing is right. 
the most patriotic thing you can do. And I truly, truly love America. I love everything it stands for. And if on my birthday everybody is staying home and doing their patriotic duty, well, then I win, you know? Um, can we can we do a big uh, um, a big Zoom party for you, for you? I don't know. What, I really have to think about what I want to do for it. Maybe I'll just go on Facebook Live. <laughs> well, we gotta. I mean, you know, we we had a we. I've mentioned it on this podcast a couple times, but we had a big spring training Zoom gathering this weekend, and it it wound up getting a little out of hand. Uh, and we we had to like shut it. We actually had to like literally shut it down. Sarah and I had to like put the screen down on the laptop. And say, okay, goodbye everyone. We're going we're going to bed at like it was like two in the morning. And we started at like nine thirty. It was a rager. So I think we need to do something like that to come. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to be able to be <laughs> with so you. I think so too. Per- I'm not going to be able to be with yeah. you. I will feel I will not be able to be with you in person. And a lot of people are wishing that opportunity. So let's give them the next best thing, which is a a kick-ass party on Zoom. Well, I'll start thinking about it, but I don't. I, you know, I, think, I don't want to plan too far ahead. I don't. I think your breath. Why? Why? What do you have? What's going to change between now and three weeks from now? I don't know. I don't know, man. Three weeks ago, I sent out the save the date for my fortieth birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So I just, you know, it's okay because I mean, here's the best part: we're all we're all still connected. Right. You know, and I think, <clears throat> I think this, it, it's, it's okay to not exactly know what I'm doing for my 40th birthday. It's, it's right. okay. Yeah. I think really I, embracing that is going to make staying home that much easier. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know that this is going to end soon. Right. None of us do. I, you know, there is a chance that this is going to go on for months. There is a chance that things aren't, things don't go exactly perfectly the way it needs to. And so I, you know, I think if people start thinking in longer terms, then if it lets up earlier, we'll feel better. But it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. All right. Well, I'm not trying, and you know, again, I feel, you know, I'm not trying to be a downer. It's I'm not like not. it's not like a, <laughs> like a super sweet sixteen party where you're going to be all pissed because coronavirus cockblocked your birthday party. Right. I mean, I did. I read somewhere where it's, you know, where somebody said, you know, it's okay to be upset about things not happening. Right. And when I finally you know, kind of let go of the guilt and was like, okay, I'm so upset. It's okay to be upset that my birthday's canceled. It kind of felt like, well, who cares? Right. You know? Well, and who cares? Like, to be said about it. Yeah, I mean, it's out, of, it's out of your control. Yeah, and so many Americans, so many Americans for so, so long, the idea of a 40th birthday where all your friends come, I mean, like, you know, that's just not – there was people living in log cabins in Chicago not too long ago in the greater scheme of things. So I think if you take big steps back, it's easy. Like everything looks a little easier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and we need to 
really accept that our generation and and the, the couple before us are like the only generations really ever that haven't as a as a whole had like massive struggles, right? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, our grandparents would do the depression, and like, you know, and that that was like, you know, the beginning of a modern age. So, you know, hopefully we bounce out of this. Um, all that said, one thing I've been asking guests is what they would sacrifice in order to have the quarantine and and pandemic um, and you know, in a responsible fashion. So not just saying, okay, the quarantine's over, but the pandemic's still going on. Uh, and to get life back to quote unquote normal uh, as soon as possible, including including uh, getting baseball back and, and sports, what would you sacrifice? I mean, you'd have to sacrifice something you love, right? Yeah. So you'd sacrifice your boyfriend. No. 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 Well, <laughs> you know. That's that's that's. Let's not put people on that list, unless you know. Would I sacrifice myself? Because that's really the right answer. Is it to make it all stop? If like I had to sacrifice, if if I sacrificed myself and it somehow stopped everything. I mean. Yeah. Okay. So well, but, okay. I mean, because that's a pretty deep question. But if you're going is, like a little bit lower of a level, I mean, what would appease the pandemic gods? What do I love the most? That they would be like, "Wow, that's a big deal." I mean, yeah. that would be like booze, booze or weed. Right. That's you a know. big sacrifice. Would you do that? I feel like giving up booze would be the healthier thing to do, and giving up weed would be the more terrible for me thing to do. <laughs> okay, so is it going to be one of those? <sighs> cheeseburgers. <laughs> I don't know. Cheeseburgers? No, I love cheeseburgers? cheeseburgers. I eat cheeseburgers all the time. L.A. is a huge cheeseburger town. Yeah. That's one of the things I miss about being a vegetarian is cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I would sacrifice. I mean, I'll do what it takes. But I tell, I give up booze, which would be actually be pretty hard, like, for the rest of your life to never be able to drink. Yeah. Food. Yeah. I, especially during quarantine. It seems like a lot of my friends are probably drinking a little bit more than they normally do on quarantine, and I get it. I, I've been trying to not drink during weeknights. Um, and at times it's a little bit tough, especially like, you know, you had sort of a anxious day and you're, you're watching something stupid on Netflix and you're like, ah, let's, uh, let's crack open a bottle of wine. Um, yeah. But the problem with booze is that, you know, it's a depressant. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was pretty, I was pretty hungover. Uh, after our virtual party, our virtual spring spring training party on Sunday, I was pretty hungover and I was in a shitty mood all day, all day. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, whenever there's so, whenever I talk to someone who's hungover, I'm just like, I want to shake them and be like, your body chemistry is off. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Things are not as bad as they seem. Right. All right. So you'll give a you'll give a booze. If it ends by when? I don't really. I mean, I don't know. Let's do it. Let's know. just say something. Let's say June June fifteenth. If it if it ended by June fifteenth, I mean, yes, I would. I would. You'll give up booze sure. for how long? I'll give up if if everything ended by June fifteenth and just magically everything was over. Yeah. I would give up booze forever for the rest. Whoa. Of the okay. That's heavy. Yes, if by June fifteenth everything is done. Let's let's have spring training not be part of that though. Okay, maybe that's the only <laughs> weekend you drink every year. Hey, I, I'm telling you, if if we turn around and it's June fifteenth and everyone is happy and healthy and all the nurses are taken care of and all the people cleaning the hospitals are taken care of and all the grocery store workers are taken care of and everyone else that is doing what they can to keep America rolling while other people are staying at home, then, yes, I will give up booze forever. Okay. We heard it here, June 15th. I think we both know that's probably not going to happen by June 15th, but I, I appreciate you yeah. really, really, putting, <laughs> really putting it out there. I mean, I told you before we started recording that I'm going to give up a testicle, but I need to put a date on it. Um, did I tell you that? I said a testicle? You, I, I mean, I believe your testicle came up. At some point, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel a little weird bringing up my testicle, but like you know, I, it's a sacrifice. I I will say one thing that really helps during the pandemic, and this helps with kids, it helps with Gen Zers, Millennials, Gen X, Baby Boomers, everyone, and that is watching the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, me now. On Amazon Prime, season yes. one, parts one and two, are all streaming. And wouldn't it be great if everyone in America got together and watched Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yeah. And do you want to explain why you're such a big Rocky and Bullwinkle fan? I am a big Rocky and Bullwinkle fan because I am Bullwinkle's girlfriend. Not in yeah. in in real life. My boyfriend <laughs> Brad. My love. He is the voice of Bullwinkle J. Moose. So there's 26 episodes out there. Yeah. I appreciate you working in the uh, shout out. That's, that's, that's impressive and, and uh, valid. Oh yes. Well, you know, we're the house. We'll link to it. We'll link to it in. uh, Yes, please do. And it's really fun. And I know it's not the same. And for anyone who's older, who is, who says it's not the same as the original? Well, no, it's not. But it's just as funny, and kids absolutely love it. So if grandparents are having a hard time being away from their grandkids, you could watch right. Rocky and Bullwinkle together, and then grandparents can tell stories of Rocky and uh, Bullwinkle. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's. I mean, the voices in particular, and I'm not just saying that because – you're the the girlfriend of uh, uh, Rocky J. <laughs> Bullwinkle. Or I'm sorry, Bullwinkle J. Moose. Uh, I'm not still saying it, but the, vo- the voice work is amazing. I mean, it really, what's really wonder what's the best part about living with Bullwinkle, you know, is that 
you know, Brett's a character actor. So when he's doing Bullwinkle, like he's, you know, he's, he's a six foot four guy. It's like, he's a, a moose. He's an really moose. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really feel privileged to even like be able to have like watched him record it and watch the whole process. And it was just really wonderful. Like in American history and in Hollywood history, just to like, watch it all happen and be just the littlest part of it. So And the statues are coming the statues are coming back up, right? The statue That's is the, up, yes. It is up. The, okay. There was a so what there was a statue of Bowinkle on Sunset Boulevard for fifty years and they took it down um about, I don't know, six to ten years ago. I don't know. But we Got lobbied it. the city of West Hollywood to get it put back up. And they did. There was supposed to be a big unveiling this past Saturday, but that was canceled. Uh, so right. if you're in Los Angeles and you are an essential worker and you're driving down Sunset Boulevard, you could see the Bowenkill statue. But or if you're but on it's your up way there. To, uh, it's back. If you're on your way to the grocery store or something else that's essential. Exactly. Take a little, exactly. take a little detour. Sunset Boulevard, Bowenkill statue. Is Rocky there too? Yep, yep, Rocky and Bullwinkle. What about really? Boris and Natasha? Boris and Natasha are not there. Maybe they're That's hiding, good. but... They're yeah. in Moscow. Oh, yeah, now I can't remember the name of... Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. yeah, that's right. They're not actually, yes. they're not actually yes. Russian. They're just pretend Russian. They're, yes, and they are with the fearless leader in Pennsylvania. Trying to take over the world. Amazing. Well, Florian, <laughs> it's as always, it's been a pleasure. I really, really miss you. Well, uh, thanks so much for the chat. Yeah, yeah. This was, this is, uh, you know, this one tugs at the heartstrings. Well, you just call me if you need me, and to anybody listening, likewise. hang in there. Like, remember, yeah, likewise. Out of one, or out of many, one. I was too dyslexic. I mix that up all the time. Well, but, hey, what are you trying to say? Out of many, one. That is the American motto. Oh, I didn't so know. So if we all come together, we can be united against this. So thought, that's what I, I thought. I thought the American motto was was go f yourself. Nah, nah. Oh, that that's what E pluribus unum stands for. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. Makes sense. I always spell I it wrong that. on signs and say it wrong, but you know. Yeah, but maybe I, I that's, truly believe that's, that, you know. That might and, be the picture that I'm going to run with with this with this uh, podcast is you holding a sign last year at 1969 day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I spelled it wrong on that one. I fixed it with a napkin. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, Lorian, I really I really appreciate it. Please give give my best to your uh, your hunka hunka burning moose. And uh, I will, I will. Soon. Same to Sarah. All right. Love All you. Right. Well, Have a great love night. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. There you have it. My wellness check with my dear friend, Lori Ann. After recording that, I thought of two things I meant to bring up on the interview that I forgot. The first one is how, man, probably a decade ago, uh, I was at a Cubs game with Lorianne, I believe in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. I remember it was hot as hell. Um, Lorianne 
arranged a huge bus with a bunch of friends and it was amazing. Um, and I don't remember what prompted it, probably quite a few beers and maybe a few Dodger dogs. Um, but I started chanting, Lorianne, clap, 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 Lorianne. And now it's like something we do at least once a game when we're hanging out with her. And uh, it's a blast. She really leans into it as well. And then the second thing is a couple years ago at spring training, we started playing at her request the song Gloria by, um, what's her name? The one with the blues tried to commandeer, but we did not let them. Uh, and we, of course, changed the lyrics to, from, from Gloria to Lorian, Lorian, Lorian. And everyone just goes nuts, including her. So, um, Lorianne is a uh, part of spring training lore and, uh, part of, uh, the lore of our circle of friends for a number of reasons. And hopefully you got a, t- a sample of that during, uh, our conversation. Um, I hope you will consider joining us at spring training next year, assuming that everything goes off as quote unquote normal next year. Um, and if not, I hope you at least follow us along, follow along with us online and you'll see a lot of photos and videos of Lorian, Lorian, um, uh, hanging out with us in, uh, in Mesa. So thanks a lot. Got some other, uh, good guests coming up for our wellness checks. My goal is to do them once a day during the quarantine, and then we'll see what happens after the quarantine. So as I've mentioned before, if you uh, are interested in being a guest or know someone who would be a good guest, please email us, theheckler at theheckler.com, and please also uh, download, rate, review, subscribe, share, all that stuff with these podcasts. Uh, I'm really enjoying doing them, and I hope you are enjoying listening to them during uh, the unfortunate times we're going through right now. All right. Thanks a lot. And until next time.